When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is TV personality Eric Bowling with NFL Hall of Famer Brett Favre. Get out. The NFL Hall of Famer Brett Favre? Yeah, it depends on if you want money or not if, or if I owe you. Well, okay. I'll, I'll take it. We're coming together for a new weekly podcast called Bowling with Favre from sports to politics to finance, culture. Nothing is off limits. Sounds like a little bit of everything. Subscribe now on the Podcast One app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, LiveByLive.com, and everywhere you get your favorite podcast see you then what is going on everybody welcome to another episode of ghost and right a hauntings and paranormal podcast i am phil sams thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to check out this podcast today we're talking aliens cryptids ufos spirits are they connected are they some how intertwined and one causes the other can they be brought in can they be summoned just like a demon can be summoned that is what we're going to discuss so stick around ghost in the night with phil sams today we want to kind of get into a little bit more of the alien talk. Now, if you listen to me, you know I've always kind of combined aliens, cryptids, spirits, ghosts, whatever, however you want to term that. I personally think it's all these things are different chapters of the same book. And there's a reason why I have come to this conclusion, and that is because in so many cases when you're dealing with the paranormal they intertwine. It's common. There's been numerous incidences or accounts that people have seen a UFO or have had some kind of extraterrestrial type encounter, and it was accompanied by or accompanied with paranormal type activity. Now, I don't have firsthand experience of this. I have had paranormal type experiences dealing with the spirit world or ghost most of my life from childhood up until adulthood. And I've, as you know, go out and actually do investigations and actually perform paranormal investigations. And unfortunately, I've yet to see a UFO. Of course, I don't spend a lot of time looking up at the sky anymore, honestly. I mean, maybe as a youngster in my teenage years, yes, I was very fascinated with astronomy and had a telescope and all that happy stuff, but I didn't actually see anything that was alien or UFO related. But that's not, that doesn't mean that theory that is out there, how everything is connected and every there are, like I said, different chapters of the same book. It doesn't mean it's not true. I think, and, and a perfect example is Skinwalker Ranch that has numerous accounts of paranormal activity, of spirits, of ghosts, but it also is a hub for 
UFOs. People see all kinds of strange lights in UFO-type occurrences. So I do believe that things are actually connected. Now, quantum physics is, you know, is opening the door to the paranormal and to the supernatural because a lot of that stuff, I'm, it's way over my head, but from what I've read, from what I've listened to other people discuss it, quantum theory does have some paranormal type activity. It accounts for it and it's opening up our minds and enabling us to kind of see the whole picture if you subscribe to that kind of thing. I don't think it's as black and white as, you know, some people in academia want you to believe. There, you know, there is room for things happening that aren't necessarily uh, rational to our way of thinking when it comes to science as we know it. So it does really make it fascinating. So I really believe that there is some intertwine between the paranormal and the UFO phenomenon, especially cryptids. Now, cryptids is another issue. Now, there's two forms of thought or when it comes to cryptids like Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster and animals or beings such as that. Now, there's those who believe that have encountered these type of creatures that have said, you know, they are animals that we thought were extinct at one time, but apparently did not go extinct. Or there's other people that believe they're supernatural. They are spirit beings or they can hop between dimensions or realms or whatever, whichever verbiage you want to use. And that would account for how the reason why we don't have a body, which I think there is a lot of miscommunication when it comes to why we don't have bones, why we don't have, or why we don't encounter these things more often. Why in all this time have we not found skeletons or remains or somebody, a Mack truck is bounced one off the pavement going down the interstate. You know, a lot of people when it comes to these cryptids, just like when it comes to aliens, the sky's big, you know, and we don't focus our attention up all the time. So we could be missing things just by not paying attention. I have no, from my personal experience, I could be driving down the road and lost in my own thoughts and not even pay attention to where I'm at. I mean, I'm still driving, I'm still focusing on the road, I guess or I'm multitasking in my brain, but I've gotten to a destination and really didn't remember the ride. I wasn't abducted by an alien. It's just that I was lost in my own thoughts. I was thinking about something, working something out in my mind, and I was preoccupied. In those situations, probably an alien could have landed right next to me or been flying right, or a UFO could be could have been flying right next to me. And frankly, I wouldn't have seen the shit. If you're not looking for it, the odds of you actually noticing it, if it is happening, goes down. And just like when it comes to the bones of some of these cryptids, like Bigfoot, I'll just use Bigfoot for an example. People don't realize how vast this continent is and how how much wooded area there is in the entire world. And most people look at things through a prism of their own world and most of us live in sub, you know, live in cities or in the suburbs where there's not a lot of dense wooded area. You know, what wooded areas we have are parks that are circled by residents and by people. And so it's hard to comprehend how 
some of these big forests and big wooded areas out in the west, you know, the Pacific Northwest and in Canada, how dense they are and how you, it'd be hard to notice anything. I mean, I've talked to people that have been hunters their whole life. And I believe, you know, Les Stroud, who has, you know, a survi- the survivalist from Survivor Man, he has, you know, started to look into the Bigfoot phenomenon because he had an experience. He did not see one. He is not a true believer. He wants to ask the question and hopefully try to find an answer. But he had an experience that he couldn't wrap his head around and he wanted to do it. So he's moved into this kind of field of exploration. But you watch that show, you know there are some areas of this country and this world that are just off the beaten path and most people don't go into. The amount of people that actually visit those type of areas, you know, it's very small. It's a small, minute portion of the population. You know, so we, it limits our encounter with that environment. So, yes, if there are, you know, cryptids out there, you know, we're not going to find those bones. I'm, like I was talking about Lestrade, you know, he survives in unsurvivable situations for most of us, but he's never seen, you know, he knows what the bear population is. He says it's very rare do you see any bear remains, you know, so, but we know bears exist. So when you look at aliens and ghosts and everything, if you don't know what you're looking for, if you're not paying attention, these things are going to be hard to find and hard to, might not even notice these things, but it doesn't mean they don't exist. But like I was talking about before I got sidetracked, wow, I went off on a real tangent there. You know, I think they're all connected. Now, I'm, I don't know if these are spiritual, cryptids or spiritual beings or aliens, or actual ETs from other solar systems or other galaxies that, you know, are coming and visiting us, or are they multidimensional? Is there different dimensions of reality, essentially, and these things are moving between dimensions or visiting this dimension or this realm, and we can just see them, or are they all around us all the time, and we see these cryptids and these aliens and even spirits. I firmly believe that spirits, what we think of as the spirit world, might just be, it, it has to be another realm, but it's just another dimension. I, you know, if you, I've heard somebody just describe it as like Photoshop, how those, you can layer photos. We are living in one layer. There's another layer on top of us, which could be the spirit world or, you know, the extraterrestrial world just for lack of a better term or whatever but and there is some crossover that is when we might see some of these things and it's kind of weird it seems like a lot of people that have these experiences have these repeat experiences and this would account for why some of these say ufo encounters are combined with paranormal encounters like skinwalker ranch like i said earlier maybe there is some kind of i hate to use the word portal but thin spot between these dimensions or there's some crossover or you know we are picking up or our senses are picking up on some of these you know sensing and seeing and visually hearing or whatever some of these beings for you know which i mean encompassing all ufos cryptids and the spirit world as beings we'll say we can actually see these in certain spots in certain locations so, you know, I don't know. I think it's fascinating that it works out that way. But it could be something like that. 
there has to be a reason why these people are seeing these things. I know I'm not crazy. I've had paranormal experiences. I've had ghost interactions, or at least what I believe are ghost interactions, from my skeptic mindset. And I do have a skeptical mindset. I don't believe every knock or every whisper is a spirit. I do my due diligence when I have an encounter that I can't explain. I try to prove it's not paranormal first. I mean, I try to find the rational explanation for it. And when I can't find a rational explanation, I move it to the paranormal side, which just means I don't know what it is. Doesn't necessarily mean it's a spirit world. It means it's beyond my comprehension. But I've had these kind of experiences, but I haven't had a UFO experience or I haven't had a cryptid experience. But UFOs is one, it's a touchy situation because we don't know exactly what's going on. We've been lied to by the government. Let's face it, the government now has lied to us about their involvement or their, I should say, investigating or research into the topic. We were led to believe that this shit was, they quit looking into this at, after Project Blue Book. But yet now we know they have another program. They have pretty much been studying it the whole freaking time. So why would the government, governments, I should say, all around the globe actually be researching this, looking into it, spending money in trying to find some answers or get down to the bottom of these things when there's nothing to it? There has to be something to it. And all these people that are having experiences visually with the UFOs or the abduction phenomenon, which abduction is a little bit different. I mean, there could be some lucid dreaming type situations where people are thinking they're being abducted when it's really just a very lucid dream because we know our brains are go into a funky spot when we kind of tap into that realm, which basically is what we're doing when we go to sleep. We're tapping into another realm of consciousness and you know, so lucid dreams could play a role in a lot of these abductions. And I know a lot of people make jokes about how it's always some hillbilly that gets abducted by an alien or has sees UFOs, which, you know, that's, that's lazy. That's the easy way to look at it. You're just making a mockery and showing your lack of intellect by saying that. I've talked to people that have seen weird things in the sky that know what they're talking about, can't distinguish between a plane and something that a plane cannot do. And these are not crazy people. These are not wacky people. They're encountering something. What is it? That is the freaking question. Now, if the government is putting research into it, spending money, spending their time doing this and looking into it, and people are actually encountering it, there has to be something going on. Now, I know a lot of you know people will say, hey, it's just experimental aircraft, which, yes, that is a portion of all UFO encounters. It's experimental equipment, experimental aircraft being tested that we don't have active knowledge of. That is some of it. I think, just like the paranormal, most paranormal evidence has a rational explanation. Same with UFOs. A lot of it can be ex explained away by experimental aircraft and things we don't know that our government has because they've always said that the government is about 10 years ahead of us in technology. 
which you know I don't know how how the hell do they come up with that theory that it's or that number I should say ten years and it could be twenty years who who the hell knows but it's very interesting how people have these experiences see some weird things and how other things start happening through that now a couple of weeks ago I talked in an episode called Paranormal Dilemma. I talked about how you shouldn't ghost hunt in your own home because, just if you didn't hear that, go back and listen to it, but I'll kind of give you a brief summary. The theory is you shouldn't ghost, up, ghost hunt in your own home because you could be opening up yourself to other entities. You know, you could open a portal, which I'm, you know, not a big proponent of portals. I think there are fence spots, which basically what a portal is, I guess. So I guess I am, eh, whatever. But I think you get my point. You know, when you actively search out or open yourself up to these things, you will get a response. You will get some sort of interaction in return. The same thing goes with supernatural world. You know, you could be attracting other spirits, other entities, other dimensional type creatures into your world. It's almost like you're hitting a, a flashlight when you do these things or open yourself up to it, and then these, whatever they are, whether it be spirits, whether it be ghosts, whether it be demons, or that type thing, and extraterrestrial, it, they could pick up on that beacon and like a, a moth to a flame, they could fly to you and or come near you. And that is what why people have multiple experiences, different type of experiences, like cryptids. A lot of people say that cryptids are accompanied by UFO type activity, which is just used to justify that these could be aliens or whatever, which I don't personally, I think that is an interesting concept, but I'm not 100% behind that. Now, all these concepts, I'm not going to be 100% behind because I don't know. It's interesting. I'll, you know, I can see it. I don't think that's necessarily the case, but at least they're asking the questions. At least they're trying to connect the dots. Even if those dots aren't related, at least they're trying to connect those dots. But why do people have multiple experiences? That's the question. Why do people have multiple experiences? Are they more open subconsciously? Do Are they doing something mentally in their deep psyche that is drawing these UFOs, these cryptids, even these entities, to them. Now, another question is, can we summon these things? We've heard a lot about summoning evil spirits or spirits to us, channeling seances and things such as such as that. But is it possible to actually summon these creatures? Is it possible to summon these UFOs? That is something that is really fascinating to me, and you know, I'm not an expert on it by any stretch of the imagination. But to answer the question is yes, it is very possible, or I shouldn't say yes, it seems to be something to it. I've read stories, I've seen videos, I've seen interviews where people actually are trying to summon these things. They are doing rituals to actually open some sort of gateway and bring these UFOs, bring these cryptids in just like they would a ceremony to bring in a dark spirit or a good spirit or what have you. If you have done any kind of research into Aleister Crowley, 
you know for a fact that he lived by Loch Ness and was actually doing rituals to, or summoning rituals. They're trying to bring something out. And that preceded the Loch Ness Monster. After he was doing all this, that is when the Loch Ness Monster sightings started after he performed those rituals. So is it just one hell of a big coincidence that he was doing summoning summoning rituals there and afterwards some sort of aquatic cryptid started to be seen? You know, it's very interesting. It would be one hell of a coincidence, you know, if you believe in Loch Ness Monster. But there might just be something to that. And if we look into more recent times, there are modern-day UFOologists today that believe you can summon these UFOs. Um, just off the top of my head, I know if you've been in the paranormal world for a while, you might know the name Joshua P. Warren. He even did a summoning ritual out in the Nevada, Nevada desert with, I forget his name, oh, what his name, he was Ben, the Zozo guy from Ghost Adventures. Uh, drawing a blank. Oh, well, anyway, they actually did a summoning ritual there where people could actually go to and partake in that. I believe they even had news crews there. And, you know, it's very interesting. And apparently, you know, they did have some weird kind of activity. I don't know if they actually summoned a UFO, but that is very interesting. We think of that as a modern day way of thinking, but it's like we said, You know, all these rituals that, say, Crowley has done, had done, opened some sort of portal, and things started popping through, um, whether it be cryptids, whether it be UFOs. But, you know, it's a really interesting, really fascinating question. Do all these summoning rituals that, or all these rituals that have been done in the past open doorways, whether it be permanent doorways or permanent portals or, you know, just a brief little wormhole type thing? that allows things through. And that is what is very interesting. So do we have just ourselves to blame for the uh, activity or paranormal activity that is going on in today's world? It's just like I I spoke about in the uh, episode of cults and religion. You know, when you pray, pray to your God, however you, or whatever God you choose to worship or whatever, When you pray, you are summoning interactions with that entity or that higher power. That could be opening a portal which could invite other things in. Or like I spoke about earlier, it could be a beacon of light and it's drawing attention to you and it could be summoning more than just what you want to come in, whether that be UFOs, some kind of spirit, or even some sort of cryptid so that's i mean it's really fascinating when you think about it that is a possibility you know i don't know i really don't know it's really fascinating it's a question that needs to be answered i mean i don't think we'll ever find the proof that that is the case you know the coincidence are there if you look at it deep enough and you can see some similarities between ufos between the cryptids between the spirit world it's probably, they're all probably coming from the same place. It's more of a multiverse, more of a dimension thing. We don't know where our conscious comes from. Does it come from just within inside our own bodies and within inside our own brains? Or are we connected to other dimensions 
through our conscious, maybe our conscious exists in another dimension or another multiverse, and then our brain is actually just the receiver to project outwards into this realm or into this dimension. I mean, it's fascinating. You can go down a serious, serious, serious hole with this one. I mean, it, it's a bottomless pit. But these are the kind of questions that people need to start asking. You just can't look at what we know to be true as gospel. It just doesn't work that way. Just like history, for example. You study history, but you are studying history through the eyes of the people that wrote the history. Does that mean it's 100% factual? We know for a fact that our history books don't tell the whole story. We don't know exactly how the pyramids were built. We don't know a lot of things when it comes to our past. Just like there's a big debate, big controversy on how long humans have actually been on this continent here in the U.S., in North America. There is archaeological evidence saying that our species was on this continent a lot longer than what modern-day science or historians want or anthropologists want to admit, really. They are so protective of what they feel to be true that they don't want to look at some of the evidence that maybe what they think is true isn't actually 100% accurate. It's what they knew at the time, but as new evidence presents itself, you know, they don't, they discredit it. They don't really take it into account. They try to debunk it, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but they have to keep an open mind, just like people with the spirit world. You have to keep an open mind. We don't have all the answers. Science doesn't explain everything, and we only know science to a certain point. What we know about science today is more than what we knew 100 years ago. And technology has changed. Somebody in the 1800s, it'd be science fiction to think that I'd be listening to or talking to probably at least 10 people through the ether, through the, you know, communicating my opinions through something called the internet or through a podcast, which is basically broadcast through the internet. That would be science fiction. I would be burned at the stake for that kind of shit just thinking that. But yet now it's common. I have a podcast. Everybody has a podcast. We don't really like to change that much, So we have, but we have to change with the times. We have to accept new possibilities. And that is where advancement takes place in the sciences. When we open our minds to the possibility of it, of us not having all the answers, which we don't, but when we open our minds to think of the possibilities, we try to find a way to do it or try to find a way to prove it or try to find a way to prove it can't be done. That is how we learn. That is how we advance. And the advances we've made in the medical field, imagine if we took that brain power, that initiative, and put it to the paranormal and just not think of, think of it as something crazy or you know, just a bunch of woo-woo shit. If some of the greatest minds of our time would really take the time, put in the effort, and put in the brain power to maybe solving some of these questions, some of these mysteries, you know, they might prove that a lot of the paranormal researchers, the UFOologists, and the cryptozoologists might be onto something, or it might prove that we're all just a little bit delusional. But we don't know until we all 
open our minds and try to figure out what exactly is going on. So I think that is going to wrap up this episode. Um, yeah, I think if you have any questions, be sure to send me an email at gitmpodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you have an opinion, let me know. I'm on Twitter. It's the best way to get a hold of me at night underscore ghost. Send me a direct message. Uh, don't forget to visit the website at gi or no, no, what the hell am I thinking? At ghost. Hmm, what is the website name? Ghost in the night podcast.com. There we go. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Um, we are on Facebook as well, but also we do have a YouTube channel. So if you're listening to this podcast via Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, My Heart Radio, Spotify, or whatever, all those, pretty much anywhere you listen to a podcast, you can find this podcast. But if you're listening to it, be sure to head on over to YouTube and look for Ghost in the Night and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. That would be greatly appreciated. If you know somebody that is interested in the paranormal, in cryptids, in to anything weird and funky, tell them about the podcast. And hopefully they will check it out. I would greatly appreciate it. That would do a lot. Be sure to subscribe, subscribe to the podcast, however you take it in. And I guess I will leave you with that. So until next week, take care, everybody. So you went online to check it out, but then you saw an ad for a vintage baseball cap, and now you find yourself checking the stats of that team's second baseman in 97, wondering why his stolen base total dropped after his rookie season. Wonder how much his rookie card is worth. Yes, they said it was easy to save money with Snapshot from Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents.